So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just wanna know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. Welcome to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Julie, I have to tell you something. (laughs) Like Monday's episode or Tuesday's episode was so intense that I cannot express to you how excited I am for the like lightheartedness of this one. Me too. You know? Like, let's just make it 100% lighthearted. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I can't get it. I don't think people understand. I was profusely sweating after recording when we were recording on Monday. Like it was, there were so many intense topics. The call her daddy thing was its own saga that when I found out that this episode was Kim shooting for Playboy, I was just like, fuck yes, this is what I need. Uh, Exactly. Yes. Right. Exactly. So as you guys know, in the Kardashian hiatus, we have been recapping season one and we are now up to season one, episode four. I also want to say we've gotten a lot of inboxes asking where we watch this. We've been watching it on Amazon. I'm sure there are other places, but that's what worked the best for us. So this episode is centered around Kim's Playboy shoot. And where we left you last time was right after the Mexico trip with Joe Francis's house. And it was a really seamless transition into this episode because what we got to see a lot of last week was Caitlyn's, Caitlyn and Chris's real disconnect in terms of how conservative Caitlyn is and how kind of liberal Chris is in terms of like the girls and their bodies and what they want to do. And it never came to more of a head than in this episode, I think. Yes. Right? Oh my God, yes. This was, this is when the true colors came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Scene by scene, you guys know the drill. Ready? Ready. Okay. So we start off again at that Calabasas ranch that just brings all the feelings. And Chris is sitting in her makeshift office and she gets a call from Playboy saying that they'd love for Kim to pose for their celebrity issue that comes out in December. And, you know, over the years, we've seen a lot of different celebrities. So for example, Madonna, Brooke Shields, Vanna White, Cindy Crawford, Naomi Campbell, Lisa Rinna, infamously. Like this was... I think the way that Chris viewed it was like, this is a very kind of prestigious honor, right? Imagine telling Chris then that in a couple of years, Kylie would be doing it too. Right? Like, that's crazy. Kylie's Kylie's Playboy cover is so iconic also. So iconic. I mean, the, and Travis, the whole involvement. I know. I was trying to remember, actually. I, I remember it now. That happened, I think, right before. Yes, Julie. It, right before they broke up. No, that's not, I mean, yes, but that uh, Playboy spread dropped the morning of when we were doing our podcast with Drake Bell and we had to add it in last minute. We had to add it in last minute. And and like, there was no way to explain to him how passionate we were about this. Remember, we had to like cut out half of it because it was like, we sounded crazy for being so excited. Oh my God. And I actually always regretted that we never got a chance to like properly freak out about her Playboy like spread. Yeah, that was something. Anyway, so, you know, Chris is super excited and she says, she's like, listen, I'm not sure how Kim's going to react because as we know, Kim is coming off of the whole sex tape thing. And just to give you guys a little bit of context, this episode aired November 4th, 2007 and Kim's sex tape leaked February, 2007. So we're in the same year where she's like just kind of starting to get over the fear and all the anxiety that came with that. So posing nude, I don't think is like the first thing on her agenda. No, you know? Chris is still on like profit from it mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Chris fully, like fully recognizes that this may be triggering for Kim. And it's not that she's being insensitive, but she's also like really trying to incentivize her. 
A 2007 Chris is a different species. I'll tell you that much. Julie, it's a different motherfucking breed. It's it's so fun to watch. I forgot what it was like to watch Chris then. Well, it's funny because everybody's now like, you know, the devil works hard, but Chris Jenner works hard. And it's like, when we watch this, I'm remembering her roots. Like I'm remembering what it took for her to get to the place where she was. She hustled. Same. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. She really did. Yeah. So, you know, Chris comes to Dash where the girls are at and she wants to share this with Kim. And Chris goes, they really, really want you to do it. Wouldn't that be fun? And Kim's like, fun for you. She's like, you don't have to take anything off. And she's like, oh, I don't have to take anything off. And she's like, no. And Kim's like, it's Playboy. And so Kim in her confessional says, ever since the sex tape scandal, I have to be really careful about how I'm perceived, which I cannot wait to get more into a discussion on this because the evolution of Kim Kardashian to me was never more evident than watching this episode, honestly. Yes. It's, I really, I cannot wait to get into that discussion. But anyway. a while to get there though. Oh my, a while. I mean, it was only until recently, I think that she fully understood her worth, you know? Yeah, definitely. And Chris asked her, she's like, I think it would be an awesome experience for you if nothing else. On top of that, it's a lot of money. And Kim goes, people are going to say like, you know, all she's good for is taking her clothes off. Does she do anything else? Can you guarantee that I'm not going to have to take my clothes off? And Chris is like, I don't know. I mean, that's what they're telling us. And Kim goes, it's really going to be something that I'm going to have to think about. And in her confessional, Kim says, the whole tape issue, I think that if that never came out, then I would be more inclined to do Playboy. I really have mixed feelings about it, which like very valid. I think she would have actually been really like doing Playboy is an honor. It is. It is. And I think that first of all, by the end of this episode, I was like, we have to do Playboy. (laughs) (laughs) I, I know. I was like so hyped for it. I was like, we have to, we have to. Um, but I think that had the sex tape scandal not happened, I think Kim would have been like, this is such an honor. I can't believe they want me. And it was so clouded by the sex tape. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the next scene, it's Kim, Chris, Courtney, Chloe, and Rob in the house. Julie writes, why do I get nervous when Rob appears on screen? Julie? I literally do. Do you get butterflies? Like, fuck it. I, 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 like, <laughs> why? When Rob comes on the screen, I feel like I'm about to lose my virginity again. That's the most perfect explanation I've ever heard. That's exactly how I feel. I revert immediately back to my teenage self watching this and being so turned on by him. Same. You know? Same. So, you know, Kim basically wants to, to like see how everybody's vibe is about the Playboy thing. And so she's like, she says, she's like, I really want to talk to my family and see how they all kind of react to it and help me make the decision. So she goes... So I'm just going to like do a sexy celebrity pictorial. And Chloe goes, that's what they all say. They all say it's going to be really classy and fabulous. And Kim's like, no, it is really classy. It's just, it's the December cover. It's a huge deal. You know, and the decision is really hard for me. And this is when the Caitlyn plotline comes into play because Kim makes it clear to the family, like she does not want to upset Caitlyn. By no means is that exciting to her. Like she doesn't look forward to that. And I think, you know, she was already struggling, but the Caitlyn issue, I think, definitely added on. Did you feel that way? It was an added stressor for her. Yeah. And Chloe's asking her, like, if she told Caitlyn, and Kim's like, you know, not exactly. And Chloe's asking her, like, if she cares what Caitlyn thinks. And Chris is like, you know, listen, we, we know what she thinks. She's very conservative. And Chloe goes, Caitlyn's going to think you're being a whore. And Kim then is like, well, listen, Caitlyn was on the cover of Playgirl, which in itself is just quite the narrative. I know. I loved, I loved that came up. It was like, oh my God, you can't say anything. They had Playgirl locked and loaded and ready to go. But that's, we always talk about this when your parents are like public figures. It's so much harder for them to kind of like battle with you because you have so many things in proof. Like it's one thing to say, you probably did that when you were my age, but it's like, no, I actually know this because it was an entire spread in a magazine. I mean, it would be like if your dad told you not to smoke weed. Like, exactly. Like, <laughs> literally, to like, what? <laughs> right. Yeah, like, what? So, um, you know, Courtney basically asked Chris what she thinks Kim should do. And Chris is obviously, like, super supportive, really into it. And Courtney goes, of course you want her to do it. With your 10% manager commission, I know about you. <laughs> She's not wrong. I love when they bring the 10% up. I also want to say, and again, I know I've said this every time we've done season one, Fucking love Courtney. No. First of all, we'll get into this so much more, but how much did this episode make you miss the Courtney-Chloe dynamic? Julie, so hurt her. I know. I think it's coming back slowly. I really do. I hope so. so. Because this was just, this hit different. Yeah. 
So Caitlin comes in and Courtney's like, so when would you be doing this deed? And Kim's basically like, shut the fuck up. Caitlin just walked in. And Caitlin goes, what deed? And Courtney's like, oh. And Caitlin's like, oh, what? Courtney goes, so Kim's thinking about doing Playboy. Caitlin's like, really? And Chris goes, it'll be a gorgeous pictorial and she doesn't have to show anything that she doesn't want to show. She doesn't have to take anything crazy off. And Caitlin goes, so I guess no matter what I say, you're going to do it anyway, huh? And Courtney's like, no, I think Kim values your opinion. Which, by the way, immediately took me back to last episode when Courtney was kind of being the voice of reason and trying to show like compassion and empathy towards Caitlin. Yeah. And also like Caitlin constantly saying like, it just doesn't matter what I think you're going to do it anyway. Yeah. It's that's, but like, that is what this entire, what the first 14 seasons are. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So Caitlin's like, okay, well, here's my opinion, opinion on it. Um, is it on the edge? You're kind of taking a big risk here. And Courtney's like, I say, step it up to penthouse. Go for it. If you're really going to go do it with class, but undress that ass. And Chris is like, oh my God, that'll be your slogan. <laughs> and Kim's like, I'm doing it with class. Cause I got a big ass. Julie. Weird. Can I tell you? And you're so going to agree with me. Isn't it weird that that was just a slogan and not a housewives catchphrase? Yes. Yes. I was actually going to ask you, and it would have been an interesting thing to put in. What year did housewives come out? I need to look at that also. It was, it was OC, right? Well, yeah, while I'm introing the next scene, look that up. I think it's an important thing. Yeah, OC was the first one. For any of you watchers, OC watchers, I sometimes... Like it really had to have been around the same time. It was actually 2006. So it was the year before, but Housewives catchphrases didn't have that same like notoriety. Right, but now it's like, that's exactly the first thing you would think when now you hear that. Now said that, like, and they were going back and forth, one of them would have been like, that's your Housewives catchphrase. Yeah, exactly. So the next scene, they're at Smooch and Kim comes in and she's like, you know what? I decided I'm going to do it. Chris is like obviously over the moon and Kim goes, but you have to make sure I'm not nude all the way. It has to be like set in stone in my contract that I'm not all the way naked. And Chris is like, no problem. It's a done deal. I'll take care of it. Take care of it. Like she's like, now get out of here and run around the block. <laughs> 2007 was a different time. Different fucking time. I feel like in 2007, like body shaming was not only the norm, it was also kind of encouraged. Wait, you could also get away with anything in 2007. Uh, it is jarring to watch now because I think we, like I said last time, you know, we just watched it from such a 2020 lens and it's really wild how it, you can't even blame like them. It wasn't even like a lack of awareness. It's just like, this wasn't part of the conversation. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. No, totally. But which makes me think like, what are we going to look back on in this year and be like, wow, you know, can't believe that wasn't part of the conversation. Cause we don't, you feel like things have become so, you know, progressive that I, I feel like we're acknowledging we like collectively as a whole, or just acknowledging things we never thought we would acknowledge. And so then it's like, what are we going to look back on and realize we weren't, do you know what I'm saying? So many things, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. So the next scene, they're back at the house, Chris and Caitlin are in the kitchen and Caitlin goes, Pretty scary when I'm the only one to vote no on Kimberly doing Playboy. I mean, she's got a sex tape out and now she's doing Playboy. Please, this is your daughter. And Chris goes, the whole point of doing it is because it's something she doesn't have to get naked for. And Kaylin goes, okay, she's not showing her nipple. She's showing everything else. And Chris goes, she's not going to be a playmate. And Chris in her confessional says, when you do a celebrity spread, it's much different than doing a centerfold. And Kaylin goes, I mean, nothing wrong with being a playmate. It's just that I don't think Kimberly should be one. And Chris goes, I agree with you. And Caitlin goes, yeah, but do you think her father would say? And Chris goes, you know, can we not get into that? This is getting way too heavy. Chris did not like that line. I didn't like it either, by the way. I think in, in like defense of Caitlin, I think a long known dynamic and the reason that I think Caitlin feels so protective over the kids in part is because she told Robert that she would look out for them. And I think that a huge part of her dealing with the kids and everything she does with them is having that in the back of her mind. No, absolutely. Like, and you're spot on in that. I guess, I don't know. I haven't fully processed my feelings because I watched this episode right before we recorded so that it would be fresh in my mind. So I haven't fully processed what I didn't like about that line because I, I know it was coming from a really good place. Like I totally get it. I just, it felt a little like- Every, well, Everything felt a little controlling to me. Yeah, yeah. Like is patriarchal the right word or am I just being annoying? No, I mean, it, it is the right word. Yeah. So Caitlin goes, she doesn't need Playboy. Playboy needs her more than she needs them. And Chris goes, I just think you're really conservative and really over the top. And Caitlin's like, over the top? Chris is like, well, in your mind. Caitlin goes, I'm not the one in Playboy. Chris is like, okay, well, you were in Playgirl. And 
you know, Chris is basically saying like, listen, before you judge her and Caitlin says, I'm not judging her. I'm just saying it's probably not the right thing to do. Chris goes, you always judge people for doing the same thing you've already done. And that's not cool. Caitlin's like, what have I done? Chris like, you did Playgirl. She goes, oh, please. Chris goes, you were on the cover of Playgirl. And Caitlin goes, yeah, an article about me. There's no reason why I should even bring this stuff up because it doesn't make any difference. You guys are going to do what you want to do, you know? And if you think it's good to sell Kimberly and Playboy, sell. Chris is like, unbelievable. Also, by the way, it was really nice of you to say that, Caitlin, but there is no fucking way Playboy needs Kim more than Kim needs Playboy. Like, like, (laughs) there's no way. Right. Julia, Like, listen, the Calabasas Ranch is nice. No denying that. But have you seen the Playboy Mansion? There's a reason for that. Yeah, but also, like, that, okay, now, present day, absolutely. Playboy needs Kim more than Kim needs Playboy. At this time, Kim quite literally needed Playboy, like, significantly more. It's actually funny because the whole time I was watching the episode, I was like, wow, I actually can't believe that at this point in her career, they asked him to be on the cover of Playboy. That seems like a huge deal to me. Well, Julie, fucking two episodes ago, we're at the celebrity fashion show with duct tape and a post-it note for where the sign was. Wait, so. How did we get there? Like, how did we get to Playboy? I can't well, thought that this wasn't a big deal. I can't believe in four episodes. No, it, it's actually unbelievable. They're like bailing Joe Francis out of jail. And now they're doing it, it, the, the evolution of, of the character in such few episodes made me wonder if they've been fucking with this timeline since way before episode 17. Because you know how now it's just fully arbitrary. Like they'll post, they'll literally film six months apart and make us think it's two days, you right. know? Well, that's like, because they did that in this episode, they're like two weeks later. And I'm like, they literally do not give a fuck now what we think the timeline is. Right. And you know something? They conditioned us early on and, and I respect it. Like I respect Buna Murray or whatever the production company is for recognizing that we were going to walk no matter how hard you fuck with that timeline, we're going to be here. And you know what? You guys are right. Because 17 seasons later, we are still right in the same fucking place. They could you literally know? now have one day where it's randomly snowing in Calabasas and then the next day they're sunbathing and we'd be like, oh my God, that weather in Calabasas is so unpredictable. <laughs> I know. I'd be like, Al Roker, you didn't warn me. <laughs> So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Okay, so next scene, they're in the living room and Kaylin is like, look, I listen, if she's going to do it, we got to get her to work out. And again, I just want to, um, I know I'm going to probably say this every episode just in case there's any new people here. When we are referring to Caitlin, we will only say Caitlin and use she, her pronouns. But if we're saying a direct quote, we will say the quote as it is. So just know if we're using the wrong pronouns there, it's not us, it's the quote. So Courtney says, quote, Bruce is showing Kim how to work out. I'm definitely not missing this. And Caitlin goes, you sit in the corner and you don't make a comment. And Caitlin in her confessionals, like Kim's made a decision to do Playboy. I don't agree with it, but I do support her. It's time to get her in shape. Wait, can you believe there was a time where they didn't have personal trainers or they didn't work out? it's so hard watching this when like literally 20 minutes before watching the episode, I'm watching Kim's story of her and fit girl Mel, her trainers, like intensive workout, you know? It's so crazy. The differences, like all like, because obviously when you're watching now, there are certain moments where you think back to them and you think of the clothes and you think of their career, whatever, how little they were, et cetera. Yeah. The little things like not working out or like what they eat and the differences in that, you don't realize until you're watching and they're so goddamn drastic. 
so goddamn drastic. And and Kim says, she's on the elliptical and she goes, I love that there's mirrors behind me so that I can see my ass melting away. I literally was like, bitch, don't fucking touch that ass. Like yeah. you are going to be so grateful for that ass in a couple of years. Exactly as is. <laughs> but yeah, like, don't, don't touch a thing. And Chloe and Courtney are kind of just fucking around, which really, the I more, so much. The more, like the more kind of, um, juvenile they are the more I miss them if that makes sense yes they were so much fun they had literally that was the thing about Courtney and Chloe is you put them in any situation it did not matter where you were what they were doing they could literally be anywhere and they always managed to have the best fucking time and yeah, that's always. what I miss about them me too and it's also just funny to see like clearly this is such a small little part of it but you know, in this one scene, right, obviously the focus is on Kim and Caitlin working out. And at the time, like, listen, Caitlin was an Olympic athlete, clearly out of the entire group here, fitness was her strength, right? And she's kind of leading this, Chloe's fucking around. And I'm just thinking if this was present day and those same exact people, Courtney, Caitlin, Kim, and Chloe were in a room together, of course, we're looking to Chloe to be the fitness one leading it, you know? Right. like at that time, she was so over the whole thing. And I just, it's just, I can't, it's so crazy to watch this and not think about that for me. I know. And Chloe's just fucking with Caitlin. She's like, so do you know what a Kegel exercise is? <laughs> You're about to find out. <laughs> so the next scene, again, <laughs> two weeks later or however fucking long it was, um, Kim is in her confessional. They're at Playboy. And Kim's like, you know, I'm really nervous, but I'm really exciting, excited. And she's sitting in the dressing room getting ready. And who walks in? None other than Holly fucking Madison. For anybody who doesn't know this, Holly was one of Hef's three girlfriends. I think he, she was the only one that, she was his like main girlfriend. And this was at the same time that their show, The Girl Next Door, was on. Girl Next Door was on from August 2005 to August 2010. And I watched every fucking episode. That was every. my shit. If you had to choose one, like, you have, you don't know you don't, can't there's no time to think about this is it Bridget Holly or Kendra 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 all day there's no question there was no hesitation you hear the lack of hesitation in my voice it was Kendra yeah. all day there was yeah. no comparison I loved Kendra I thought she was so outspoken and I just loved her anyway so you know Holly's there and Holly's telling him how gorgeous she is and they're having this interaction and I'm just dying over the whole thing and Chris comes in in like very much momager mode and she's telling the makeup artist that, you know, she's like, she'll be right back just to get her makeup done. And Kim goes, who gets their makeup done on the set of my photo shoot? And Chris is like, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but it's always been a lifelong dream of mine to pose for a Playboy. <laughs> and Chris is like, maybe we could do a mother-daughter issue. <laughs> this, is, this is Chris living out her dream, 100%. This had absolutely nothing to do with Kim when you really think about it. Can I tell you the vibe that I was getting here? Yes. Chris at Ariana Grande's music video. Yes. Right? I feel like Chris at Ariana Grande's music video was like, it was finally her time to shine. She had been thinking about the fact that she was snubbed from Playboy this whole time. And she finally gets to be front and center doing what she wanted to do. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. So they start the photo shoot. She's a natural. She's killing it, obviously. And the photographer asks her, you know, like how much nudity she's prefer- prepared for. And she's basically in a two-piece set. And the photographer asked her if she would do it, but without the top. And Kim's like, yeah, but... And the photographer's like, you don't want to do that. And Kim's like, I just don't want to be exposed like for any of the shots. And she's visibly uncomfortable. And like, I'm sure we'll get into this in a minute, but like, obviously this whole thing was like fun and lighthearted. I started to get like very uncomfortable watching this. I don't, I don't know. Like, I know she wasn't being taken advantage of, I think is the wrong phrase. Like she clearly, she had representation there. Her mom was there. It wasn't like she was alone on set. This wasn't like a Marcus Hyde situation clearly, but it was, it was the situation. She was uncomfortable in it. She was uncomfortable. And like that, that's just not a good feeling. Like, I just think also not that I'm not, I'm not like saying at all that these photographers were predatory. I totally recognize it's their job, but there's something to me at least about when the as a woman, I'm just envisioning myself in that situation when the photographer who's like trying to get you to take your top off again, and not in like a sexual way, truly as an art form is a male. I just think it adds another layer kind of that like, yeah, I felt that way. It was, it was a bizarre feeling and I am not articulating it that well, but if you watch the scene, I think you'll know exactly what we mean. I also felt like, honestly, I felt like Chris wasn't advocating for her as much as she needed to be. 
she wasn't. And this, this is the moment. And, and I think Chris looking back on her career would probably be able to point these out. Whereas like, you know, she's not perfect. There are times when she's going to be in momager mode when she needs to be in mom mode. It's similar to Kylie with the Balmain show. And this was one of those times where I think her manager mm-hmm. hat was on when her mom hat should have been on. And like, that's fine. It happens. But I felt that way. But also in terms of being a manager and having that hat on, like your sole purpose is to make sure your client is comfortable. Right. I know. Yeah. So yeah, Chris like, missed the mark a little bit here sometimes. No, she, she did. And again, like how much of that was like, if you're looking at all the factors, right? How much of it was just sheer excitement for being there? How much of it was the monetary commitment? And then honestly, how much of it was the typical thing that happens with a lot of parent child where you lose sight of the situation because your child is living out your dreams. So you want it to be fulfilled in the way that you want it. And like, maybe for a second, she lost sight of the situation and was envisioning herself there, you know? Totally. totally. So they're kind of back, you know, back in, in the dressing room and Chris is like, what's going on? And Kim's like, I'm not comfortable taking my top off. And Chris goes, whoa, 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 what do you mean taking your top off? Kim, from the get-go, this was what they call a celebrity photo shoot. And you don't have to take your clothes off at all. What they want you to do is take your clothes off so they can cover you with stuff and make you feel comfortable. And Kim's like, well, that's not what they were doing before. They were saying, take it off, take it off. They're getting upset, take it off. I need someone to be like, no, she's not taking it off. She'll write you a check for double the money and say, fuck you and walk out of here. That's what I like to see. That's a fucking iconic line. Exactly. That's That was like to me, yes, Kim Kardashian, Wes, you were in the motherfucking building. Yeah. And they're back on the shoot. And the photographer says that last night he was talking to Hef and that Hef is very serious about trying to get this pumped up, which like, first of all, fuck all the way off. <laughs> like, yeah. And Kim's in her confessional. And she's like, I can just tell that they're all uncomfortable that we're not going to get these shots for Hef that he's not going to like because I'm not taking it off. And Chris goes, Kim has no desire to do any kind of a shot, judging from the problems that she's had, you know, in the past. And the photographer's like, you know, we want you to be comfortable. And Kim in her confessional is like, in the end, I'm sticking to what I believe in and not showing too much. And she does it. Like she does the shot exactly how she wants it. She's glad that she does it that way. And I think like this was a very, this was a situation where in the moment it could have gone either way. And I think she handled herself like very well. Yes, I so agree. I don't know, Julie, it was just, I, I really, I did not enjoy this scene. No, like, it was, it was, it was uncomfortable to watch because she was so visibly uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. Next scene, we're at the house and they're all crowded around the computer, which like, this was pre-airplay, may I add. You <laughs> <laughs> just found out about airplay three months ago. Don't even give me that bullshit. I was going to say, you like that little turn. Like you literally, if I asked you, first of all, if your dad came downstairs right now and was like, could you put something on airplay? You would have no fucking clue how to do it without me being there. Do you guys know, I think we must've said this on the podcast, but I just have to say it one more time for anybody that didn't hear because it's the best gift ever and the funniest (laughs) thing ever. Before Julie moved into the city officially and she was staying at my apartment like three nights a week when we'd be in the city for meetings and stuff. I obviously have no idea how to work technology. And she was the one that would do everything like the TV, the Apple TV, et cetera. And when she not moved out, cause she wasn't ever living there, but when she got her own apartment, her gift to me was she made the most fucking like perfectly spelled out immaculate guide with the picture of the remote with a guide of what all the different buttons were. She had it framed in my apartment so that like I knew how to work the television when she wasn't there. And it was the best I don't know, going away. Forget you still FaceTime me to ask me how to turn it on. Yes, but at least I got I get to like step one before I call you, which yeah. I wouldn't, you know? Yeah, it's I mean, it literally you would think that it was a gift for a grandparent. It was so thoughtful. So thoughtful. Anyway, so they're at the house, they're crowded around the computer, and Rob's like, Can I look Kim? Kim's like, No, Rob. I'm dying, I'm dying. I'll like, I'll show you something, Rob. I know. And um, Rob's looking, he's like, you know, Kim, you look hot. And they go to another one where she's more revealed. He's like, okay, okay, that's weird. And Kim's like, I told you not to look. And Kylie walks in and Rob picks her up and carries her. And he's like, no, we can't look at this stuff, which keep in mind at this time, Kylie's 10 years old. That was so, him picking her up and carrying her out was so cute. No, he's so hot, Julie. He's so I, hot. I know. And Kim is saying to the family how Chris was telling her to take her top off. And Chris is like, honey, all you have to do is lay there and look gorgeous. And Kim's like, mom, why don't you? And Chris is like, a naked photo shoot? I would let somebody see me naked, like a photographer. And Kim's like, let's set it up. 
And Kim in her confessional is like, I've decided to kind of turn the tables on her. It's her turn to take it off. So I'm going to play manager for the day and give my mom a taste of her own medicine. And this is like a prime example of a bullshit plot line that I enjoy. Yes. I loved this. I could have watched 10 minutes of this. Same. Also, by the way, I want, I was wondering if you were thinking the same thing. Do you remember in like much later seasons when Kim did the naked, I mean, when Chris did the naked photo shoot in her pool and the girls came out and were like making fun of her? Yes. Vaguely, but yes. Yeah. Reminiscent of that. Anyway. Sorry. So the next scene, Kim and Chris go to the photography studio and Kim holds up this underwear that says gold medal wife. And she's like, listen, I got these for you. Cause obviously because of Caitlin and Kim says to the makeup artist, she's like, I want to kind of give her a taste of what it's like to be uncomfortable naked. And I got to tell you something. The first outfit is gold heels, a thong, a gold medal. Chris is thriving, Julie. No, she kills it. She literally, it was, it backfired on Kim so hardcore because Chris was, and it, Chris is in this moment. It makes so much sense with her personality and whatever, but she is living. She is a natural, like, God damn, it is such a shame that she didn't get to pose for Playboy because she would have fucking crushed it. Which by the way, like, could she still? I was thinking about that. I don't know. Should we make some calls? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Kim is in her confessional and she's like, I cannot believe my mom is so comfortable being naked. And Chris is on set. And she's like, I love this process. Kim, I don't know what you're complaining about. It's great. I could do this all day long. I'm loving it. Like she's having the time of her fucking life, you know? Also, those pictures were epic. Epic. I This is so random and, and like completely off topic, but it just made me think of this because of how hard Kim's plan backfired. When my grandma was like getting older and she was really starting to like like the driving was getting scary. Like she was hitting mailboxes left and right. It was just like not a good situation. We could not get her to stop driving. And so there was a, a free test. Like it was at the DMV or something where you could go and um, they would evaluate it and then they could come up with the report. And she does the test and she passes with flying colors. And she, <laughs> she comes home and she like puts the papers on the table and she tells my mom and my aunt, she's like, you're not going to believe it. Fly in colors. And we're like, oh my God, we were trying to get her license away. Like this, and it just reminded me so much of this scene. That, first of all, that is so funny. Second of all, <laughs> all of your, people think you do your dad so well, but all of your impressions are in that accent. Well, cause my grandma was from Brooklyn too. <laughs> I actually think that if you were to impersonate me, you would drop a couple, like you would leave ours out of my sentences. Yeah, I would. Of course I would. <laughs> Quarter. Anyway, so the next the next scene, um, Kim's having lunch with Melody from the Pussycat Dolls, which like, hey, Melody, so great to see you. I was not expecting a Pussycat Doll to show up. And also, it would, if you were, it was going to be Nicole, not Melody. I loved seeing Melody. First of all, she's beautiful. She's so fun. I don't know. I was just excited. And you know what's crazy Kim, about Melody? I don't even know if you picked up on this. Melody made Crispy Rice cool. What do you mean? Like, they go to sit down. This is 2007. Kim's like, what are you going to get? She's like, the Crispy Rice. Who the fuck ate Crispy Rice in 2007 besides Melody? And you. <laughs> I didn't even. You had you had Crispy Rice for the first time like two years ago. Less than two years. I, th- I thought I had Crispy Rice for the first time at Nobu. No, you had it at the place in Venice. Oh my god. No, Julie, I never went there. Yes, you did. It was the sushi place in Venice. We went and you had it for the first time. And then after the fires, it burned down. It was the first time in LA, I think. Sorry, I was so stoned that day. You were so stoned that day. Oh my god, I was so stoned that day. That's when I took like, oh my god, I'm just, it's all coming back to me. Sorry, tangent. (laughs) Holy wow. Anyway, Kim is in the same red and black button down shirt. And Chris calls and she says that she got a call from Playboy. They want Kim to do more photos. And she goes, what they said was that Hef was really excited about the photo shoot. He loved the pictures. They said Hef really wants to meet you. He wants to talk to you himself. And he's asked you and I to come to the Playboy mansion. And, you know, Kim's obviously like, oh my God, that's amazing. And Chris is like, you know, they want some more, showing a little more skin actually. And Kim's like, I knew it. I knew they wanted more nude. And in her confessional, Kim's like, they want more skin. They want me to take a little more off. And I just thought that I had an amazing photo shoot. Why do more? Like, this was a time for me where I felt like she was genuinely conflicted. Because, like, on one hand, she was so excited. It was such an honor, obviously. But at the same time, she was like, I don't want to sacrifice what I feel comfortable with just for the sake of doing what, like, will perform better. Right. And the whole thing is that, again, 
you know, I was torn in this also because I felt like there was a part of Chris that knew that in the end, Kim was going to be happy with what happened and the way she did it. And I felt like Chris almost, or maybe rationalized in her head is thinking that she was pushing her to get to a point that she knew Kim would be okay being at. Like, Mm -hmm. Like her mother obviously knows enough about Kim to know what she would actually be comfortable with versus what her anxiety is talking more. And I felt like Chris was trying to get to that point. But at the same time, like, I do think that if Kim was so anxious about it and so like gung ho on not wanting to do it, Chris should have stepped in and been like, listen, this is what we're comfortable with. This is what we're going to leave it at. I can talk to her. If she wants to leave it as this, then we, then we're just going to have to. Yeah. It was, it was like, um, it, it was like an in the middle type of situation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not saying that Chris handled this part terribly, but like she could have handled it differently. Although like, listen, we know, we all know it ended up being fine, but yeah. And then, and then there's the whole up, like the other side of had she not, had she handled it differently, then it wouldn't have ended up being fine because it wouldn't have, you know, gotten the amazing shots that they got in the end because she would have stopped there. So who knows? Right. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, New Kids on the Block, Sean Paul, Sum 41, Whitney Cummings, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. So the next scene, they're at the Playboy Mansion. And Chris is like dressed for the fuck. Like she, this is, this is her Super Bowl. And, and Kim's like, mom, why are you wearing a push-up bra? This isn't about you trying to get into the magazine. And Chris is like, we're going to the Playboy Mansion. And she, <laughs> Chris, Chris was so happy to be here. Do you realize that? No, she was having the time of her life. She was, first of all, Chris's tits were out to play. Out to play. And I need to know if you are thinking the same thing. I need to know it. Okay. So they get in, they get in there, right? They like pull up in the white Range Rover, they get in and Chris asks where the powder room is and they go in and Chris goes to Kim. She's like, go in there and see if there's any soap or anything with Playboy. Just stick it in your purse. It's a souvenir. Oh my God. You wrote it down. I wrote it down. I knew it. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) You can take the soap from the Parker. Wait, you guys, no, Julie, on my life, on my entire life, I swear to you on my mom's grave, I did not see you wrote that. Oh, I knew you didn't see it. I knew it because you were like, I want to know if you have the same thought. And I knew that's what you were going to say. I have to tell, okay, let's tell them what's going on. So for my birthday last year, you guys obviously know we went to Palm Springs and we stayed at the Parker and in the Parker, they have these little Hermes soaks and like, they're beautiful. Like I loved them. And I, it was like an unspoken thing between us that we all wanted to take them. And I didn't, which is like, is very weird. Like I'm, I'm typically kind of like YOLO and Julie took it and we got home and I was so jealous that she took the soap. <laughs> you know what's funny is that me and Isabel were like the whole day. We're like, should we take it? Should we not? Should we take it? And Isabel is like so nervous. And I'm like, I- I'm taking it. I was like, why don't you go to Emma's room? Just take hers. And she's like, no, don't take it. Don't take it. I'm like, I'm, I'm obviously going to take it. Like, there's no, there's no chance in the world I'm not taking this soap right now. So <laughs> Isabel's still like so nervous. And we see one of the cards 
like whatever. And they have like a bunch of them on. And I'm like, they replace it every day. Like they have plenty. It's, it's a toiletry situation where you could take it. They'll never know. And, and Isabel was like, still like so nervous. And then we left and I was like, oh yeah, I obviously took it. And you and Isabel both were like, oh my God, I can't believe I didn't take it. It was so funny. I was so jealous. And like the most classic thing ever is that my dad like didn't even know that there was a soap. Like he was, he, it was the first he was hearing of it. Like he didn't I even know. Nice from the Parker little uh, bathroom thing. They had the Blistex. They had a couple of other things. I mean, it's, it's a fucking fortune. All, the, the, like the least we could do is take the soap, but I don't know why I thought that it wasn't fair game. Anyway, that's hilarious that you had the same thought. I literally love you so much. Holy fuck. I miss you. <laughs> okay. So they're sitting in the boardroom waiting for half to come in. We're going to get off like the manager of the Parker being like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> podcast, and we're going to send you a return label and we'd love for you to send our soap back. <laughs> They also, that was the other part of the story that was the other part of the story they also sell it in the spa yes that was what it was I was like I, that. that's what kind of sold me when I went for my massage I was so fucking stoned and I see the soap and I'm like it's like the paranoia is hitting and I'm like oh my god if they wouldn't sell it like if, if they knew we could take it they wouldn't be selling it this is a criminal act like the whole thing was just anyway so they're sitting in the boardroom and Chris is like hilarious. She's like to Kim, like take the water bottle. It's got a bunny on it. And Kim's like, you are literally naked. Like pull your top up. And they're kind of like bickering and Hef walks in in his classic robe. You know, I have not seen a picture or video of Hugh Hefner in a very long time. And it was kind of like, I felt like I was watching the girls next door again. Uh, I, when we're done with this, I'm watching from season one. They're all on yeah. YouTube, well said. So Chris introduces herself and she's like, and this is Kim Kardashian. And Hef's like, well, I know that by reputation. And she, he's like, you know, we're really excited about having her in the December issue. And he goes, the great face, the hair, the booty. I think it'll all do well. And Chris is like, so I have one little question. Does she have to take her clothes off? And Hugh's like, oh, yes. And Chris is like, but to like, you know, we're not going to show the twins, right? And he goes, that's part of it, but discreetly and in very good taste. And in her confessional, Kim's like, I'm really conflicted. They want me to show more skin for the new shoot. And I just don't know if it's something I want to do. And he was like, it will not be explicit. This is what sets Playboy apart from the other magazines. Always classy. It's for the December issue. We always have a celebrity on the cover in, and inside that issue. And Hugh's kind of saying like, it's my favorite issue. You know, I started the magazine with the December 1953 issue. I happened to have Marilyn Monroe on the cover. Um, and she was also the first Playmate of the month. Like kind of, like what he was doing was really um, using like historical context to kind of validate the level of like honor, I think, in oh, a way. He knows how to make a sale. I'll yeah. tell you, I literally, like I said, I was like, we have to do Playboy Emma. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and Kim's in her confessional. She's like, you know, knowing Marilyn Monroe has done it, I feel a little bit more comfortable with it. I, I know I'm going to be taken care of because the Playboy team is so amazing, but it's going to be nerve wracking. Uh, let me ask you something, okay? Yeah. What? <laughs> Literally in my head, I was like, <laughs> I was like the dumbest like joke slash meme that I could ever make right now is like, yeah, knowing that Marilyn Monroe had done it, like, and, and made me feel a little better. It was like me flirting with JFK using a Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, I'm literally dying. <laughs> so, so. Oh, my question to you was, do you think that like she was actually feeling better about it or do you think she was convincing herself? What do you think? No, I think that she actually felt better about it because I think that the thing with Playboy and there, and, and he wasn't wrong when he's saying this and Chris isn't wrong when she's saying it is that there is a huge historical component to it. When you look at the people who have done Playboy, it's an honor. And I think that Kim lost sight of that for a second. It was so wrapped up in the whole like, it's nudity. I just had a sex tape. What are people going to think? Like, think about every single celebrity that has done Playboy. Whose career had been ruined by doing Playboy? And if and that's not a rhetorical question. Like, there may have been people who it wasn't perceived well, but for the most part, like, it's an honor. And I think that Kim lost sight of that for a second. And you know, hearing Marilyn Monroe's name being on the first issue of the December 1953 issue, I think Kim was reminded, like, this is a path I'm on, and these are names I want to be considered with, and. It's not that doing Playboy is going to keep me from doing that. If anything, it's going to help me get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, listen, 
her her hesitation and her losing sight of it is like the most understandable thing ever. Like I think anybody who just had a sex tape leaked and felt so vulnerable and so exposed would have felt the exact same way. So like, I think I, there's a part of me in a way that feels like this was important for her, for herself to do because it kind of allowed her to take the power back. It's like here she was doing nudity voluntarily. Terms. Yeah. On her own terms. Like, this wasn't something, some leaked kind of photo. This wasn't some leaked video. This was her walking in and doing Playboy. You could argue about how she was convinced to do it. But like, I, I do think in a way that there was something very empowering about this, which like in general, I think nudity is very empowering. I think that like, if you want to do it and it's totally your choice, fucking do it all day. I support that entirely. Yeah, um, I so agree. Yeah. Okay. So the next scene, a lot of stuff's happening, but we're first at the golf course and we're with Rob, Brandon and Caitlin. They're golfing together. And Caitlin's like, so what's this about Kimberly? And Rob's like, I heard that someone from Playboy called her. I heard they want a little more something, something. And Caitlin's like, I haven't seen the first photos. I wouldn't know. You know, Kimberly's got to clean up her act. And we're basically going back and forth between the golf course and the shoot. So we're back at the shoot and Kim's in her confession. She's like, I'm so nervous. I want everything to go perfectly. We're back at golf. And Rob's like, I just know there wasn't any nudity. And Caitlin's like, yeah, I know. Well, that was the whole idea of the shoot. And Rob's like, I'm assuming it's Playboy and they might want to show a little more nudity. And Brandon goes, no nudity? Is that what they told you? And Caitlin's like, listen, it's one thing. I'm her stepdad. It's your sister. How do you feel about all this? And while they're talking, they're like doing a flashback to the shoot where Kim just like has her tits out. And I'm like, oh, Caitlin, you just wait, you know? And then Rob hits Caitlin back with the best answer of all time. Read it, Julie. Well, I don't know. It's her decision. I support whatever she does. Yes, you do. That's the supportive hot brother we like to see. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll do that again. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm on this one. episode. No, no, no. I am on one today. Do you realize how like high, not high stress of a day today was, but you guys have to understand like, for being honest for one second, this episode that we recorded the Call Her Daddy one, like it was so, it was a six hour process from start to finish because we, we just wanted it to be so perfect, like every single segment. And it was like, I don't know, you have to think so much. So I just am feeling so alive right now. I know, I feel the same way. And I was so tired before we were doing this and Emma was so nervous. And I was like, give me a minute and I will be completely fine. And I knew you would be. I know, you know? But I also am kid. Shout out to Rhea if you're listening because I felt like our conversation really hyped me up, you know? Like she's just so fucking fun. And I felt like I needed that. This was like a, It was like a little pep talk, you know? Definitely. Okay, so next scene Kim goes, I come up with this idea that I'm totally comfortable being nude if I'm draped in diamonds and pearls. And this is the iconic photo shoot that we've seen. I mean, if you are a Kardashian watcher, you know this, the one where she's in the like giant pearl, I don't even know, contraption, you know? And what? It's iconic. Iconic. And while this is happening, they shoot back to the house and Courtney's like, listen, I'm sure she's not just standing there with her boobs out. And they're, it's so funny because they're making fun of Kim's poses, how like she, oh, she, Chloe's like, she sticks her butt out and her mouth open. Why is her mouth always open? And like, they literally shoot back to Kim and it's her butt is out and her mouth is open. <laughs> I love, I love the mirroring. Julie, take us to the iconic line. In the middle of the photo shoot, we, you know, they're making fun of her for having her mouth open. We shoot back, Kim's doing the same pose. And then a minute later, Kim, you're doing amazing, sweetie is born. And I, that is a moment none of us will ever forget. I, I mean, I just, I didn't even real like I forgot until I was watching that this is the episode where that phrase came from. Like we were watching it happen in real time and little did we know how iconic of, of a line this was going to be. Me and Isabel always talk about this and I, I'm like sure other people do, but there's like such a phenomenon and such a sensation when like you, when there's a meme and you see it in a TV show or a movie and it like connects back to you in that moment where you're like, oh my God. That's where that's from. Like, even if you know 100%, like if there's an office meeting, you know 100% what episode of The Office it is, when it's going to happen, whatever. Every time it comes on screen, it is still exciting for some reason. And that's how I felt. This was like the ultimate moment for that. And like the ultimate like sensation of watching that and seeing like you're doing amazing, sweetie, in person. It's like, oh my God, there you are. It's like invigorating. It's like invigorating. You know what it's like? It's the the Spider-Man meme where it's like they're Mm -hmm. pointing at each other. 
Yeah, it's actually the most the most like recent example I can think of something like that is when you're watching a TikTok and you find out the sound where the sound is from. Like you're watching a YouTube video and you're like, "Holy shit, this is the sound!" Or you know, you're watching. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Exactly. So Kendra Wilkinson, who obviously was one of Hef's other girlfriend, is there. She's looking at the pictures and everybody's like loving them. And Kim says in her confessional, she goes, posing for Playboy was a huge challenge for me. But in the end, I'm so extremely happy that I did it. Hef and his whole team just really were so gracious to me and so welcoming. And I just can't wait to see it. And personally, that was what I needed to hear. Like as long as she was happy, I was happy, you know? Yeah. As long as the experience ended up being positive for her, because I think it would have been incredibly scarring for her to have not had a positive experience. Like I actually can't imagine the trajectory of her career had that been a really jarring experience for her. Mm-hmm. I agree. And they're back at the, the last scene, they're back at the house and Kim drives over with the giant frame shot from the shoot and she has a sheet draped over it. And everybody's expecting that they're going to see Kim's, you know, Kim's photo. She puts everybody in the living room and she reveals the picture and it's Chris from the shoot with her tits basically out with the metal. Everybody freaks out. Caitlin is like so turned on and Caitlin's like, let's go check it out in the bedroom, see how it works. And they're all like cheering as Chris and Caitlin go in the bedroom to presumably fuck. And I was just like, I fucking love this show. That right there was classic Kardashian. Classic. This was probably the episode where we all like got it. Yeah, we like got on board. Like this was the episode where it was like, okay, we get a real career. We get real fun family dynamic. We get real Rob. This is the episode. We're hooked now. Yeah, we're hooked. And we didn't even know Scott really. Like, you know, Scott wasn't even in this one. And we still loved it. Oh my God. Well, we still have like a while to go before Scott we get hooked on. But yeah. I know. I don't know, Julie. This is what I needed. This was a good episode. Me like I, I enjoyed every second of it. Me too. A hundred percent same. You know, I love doing this. I really love doing this. It is, just so you guys know, it is 12.52 a.m. Again, I'm on the floor of my mom's closet. Julie is in her basement. I am just sitting here like, I I don't know. I'm just so happy. I love you so much. I love you too. Okay, guys, we will see you on Monday for our regular episode. I don't know. Do we have, I don't remember if we have a co-host. Maybe. If not, we have one the next week. I don't remember in this moment. that it's news to me. (laughs) (laughs) um okay we love you and what else did i want to say oh you know the usual (laughs) if you feel so inclined to leave a review it would be greatly greatly appreciated and also i wanted to say we were super honest about the fact like we really struggle with in-feed promotion because we're terrified of it so on the very rare event that you see us doing it like for example um on tuesday or when you'll hear this on tuesday we promoted the regular podcast by posting Nick Vile's comment and we wrote like link in bio for the Call Her Daddy breakdown. If you see, if you ever see us do that and you're a podcast listener, the nicest thing you could ever do for us more than a review is just like comment on the post saying something nice about the podcast so that other people can like recognize that we have one because I think that that's like the best way to do it. Do you feel I that way? Agree. So agree. Yeah. I'm trying to get some community endorsement to like I said, we're trying to get better. And I, that was a big step of us to put it in grid this week. I was like having a panic attack, but we did it. Same, full on panic attack, but that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. Love you guys so much. We will see you on Monday. Bye.